This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, fist bump. Let's get today's episode going. Now, we want to talk about how do small teams tell better stories? How do they find the time? How do they work it in? What's the definition of a small team? Let me be honest with you. I've worked with teams of one person. That's not really a team. That's just a person. I've worked with teams of 60 people, and nobody ever has enough people, period. So you can always use more people. But realistically, what do we do when we have just one person, maybe two people, maybe a freelance writer, who knows what, um, the nephew who can run our social accounts because we've heard they've used TikTok before, haha. So I asked Samantha Story Camp to come on the show. She owns, um, um, I forgot, she owns a company um, and tells her story, I believe, by herself. So let's find out. How do we do it? Samantha, have you ever seen a team that couldn't use more help? <laughs> Not that I've seen. Uh, I've been on a couple of film sets that feel like they're still lacking a couple of folks. So um, I think... Yeah, I think it, it, it becomes the big purse syndrome, right? So, like, the bigger your purse is, the more stuff you need to cram into it. So, I think, you know, if you have 50 people, you still need that one person to carry the one thing. I think that's pretty common. And since I had the wrong window open, Goddess of Soap, um, soap company, right? Basically, you sell So, uh, so the company is uh, Pip and Lola's. Um, the LLC okay. is Pip and Lola's Everything Homemade because uh, I make all the things. Um, but my official title is owner, operator, and goddess of soaps, um, which is actually kind of part of our whole story. It, the um, even my title, which is it, which is on our business license, came from huh. our followers, so they started referring yeah. to me that way. <laughs> so I just embraced it and ran with it. That is your title. I am definitely not hitting on all cylinders. I'll let you handle the show. I'm going to have my Starbucks. <laughs> you get it. I got mine sitting and, right next to me. And uh, yeah. sit over here. That's okay. <laughs> You're fine. Tell us how. So how do you? I mean, what do what do companies do? How do they tell their story when there's only one of you to actually uh, to actually do it? It it's, it very much becomes challenging. Um, one of the things that actually it's it's remarkable that one of the things that actually propelled us the most was getting a really good smartphone. Um, because before mm -hmm. that I was constantly like trying to like figure it out and make things work and trying to use like a real camera and like, you know, like lining it up and trying to like see what I was doing behind me. Um, but we, I got a good camera like four years ago and it seems like a, or a good smartphone like four years ago. And it seems like such a little thing, but being able to watch what I was doing as I was trying to do it proved hugely helpful. Um, so that was that was one thing because like frequently what I'll do is I'll just I'll have to have my phone set up on one of my 80,000 tripods. I even have a couple tripods set up behind me. Um, 
and then be able to push all the buttons and have like the little remote so that I don't necessarily even need to have a second person to push the buttons and I'm able to push the buttons. Um, so that was, a, that was a huge game changer for us as weird as that sounds was just having a good um, smartphone. But beyond that, oh, go ahead. Let's talk about the smartphone for a minute. What's really interesting about that comment too is yes, I do have a little bit of a studio set up here now. Mm-hmm. But before I did, I literally did this whole show just from my phone, you know, and now you can actually with the Apple Watch, you can like put your phone over there and you just push a button on your Apple Watch and it takes the pictures. Um, I have have an Android, but yeah, it it has a little, it has a little, I have it next to me. Um, It has a little stylus thingy that I can set up my camera and then just push the button and then it'll start, you know, recording and stop recording. Um, so I don't even have to run over and <laughs> edit out all the beginning stuff that frequently happens. Um, when you when you are a really small team like we are, you know, and I and I do have these, but they're all busy like helping me doing shipping. You know, they don't have time necessarily mm-hmm. to help with the marketing stuff. So, um, but when you have a small team, you have to figure out some kind of way to get who you are out there in the most authentic way possible, and that's weird, right? And a lot of folks don't feel comfortable being in front of the camera. Um, fortunately, because I have a theater degree, uh, I'm a little bit more adept at a, just making stuff up off the top of my head, which is hugely helpful. But also I don't have to overcome that weird awkwardness that a lot of folks feel when they know that like people are watching. Um, so that's hugely helpful as far as, as far as that goes. But sometimes even just carving out like five minutes, like having to ask everyone, okay, okay, be quiet after film and like setting up the phone at the front of the store so I could have like the store behind me. Um, it's it's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting challenge. And half the time they all look at me like I'm nuts, but they know it works. So um, they kind of let me go. <laughs> so what's interesting about that too, I don't necessarily have any problems being in front of the camera either, um, but you don't have to be in front of the camera, right? I'll give you an example. So we have hundreds and hundreds of Amazon product review videos on my Amazon storefront. And my wife did a video with me yesterday, her first one. And, you know, I don't, I don't know that she even said, I don't want to be on camera, but, but my point is she didn't even have to be on camera because we were demoing um, a a, a vacuum cleaner and the camera was on the vacuum cleaner showing what she was showing. And then we heard her voice. Right. So my point is, if you don't like to be on camera, that is an excuse for not doing right. anything because you can oh, do other stuff without being on camera. One hundred percent. Like when when we started looking at we we being my husband and I he never wants to be on camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we started looking at what kinds of things we wanted to do as far as marketing goes, I watched a lot because we make soap, right? So I watched a lot of other soap makers and absolutely no disrespect to them. Like I wouldn't want to sit and spend 20 minutes watching somebody make soap. Like that's what I do all day. Like I don't necessarily want to watch it. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to do marketing videos, what do I want to see? And so, um, you know, like I could sit here and I could do all of the, you know, focus groups about what people want to watch. But like at the end of the day, that would be inauthentic. Like for me to, to sit and create a thing just because I know people will watch it isn't, who I am as a person and it isn't who we are as a company. So I just was like, okay, what would I want to see? And I love it. I love it when companies are just like, this is who we are. 
This is what I do. This is why I love what I do. This is why you should love what I do. And they're just like really real about the whole thing. Uh, I love it when people own up to their own mistakes and are very public about it. Like I, like I personally love that. So I was like, well, if I like it, other people will like it. And if I am attracted to that, you know, if there's something about that, that someone just being there and being real and maybe not even bothering to put eyebrows on that day, um, but they're still presenting themselves to us all, like in a very real, honest way, I'm, if I'm attracted to that, other people will be as well. So we had decided that that's what we wanted to do. And since like the one, since I don't have like this huge business background, but I do have a theater background and I do have a journalism background and it's like, well, I have these things, I should use them. Um, so that's why, that's why I end up being sort of like front and center of a lot of our stuff because um, I'm the one doing it. This is how I know to do it. Um, so I might as well like use the things that I have at my disposal. Like if I was the kind of person that was all about like, here's, you know, here's this, uh, you know, all of these like business terms, I'm gonna throw all these business terms at you, then that would be what I would use. But since that's not what I have, um, we kind of have me and my ability to write scripts. <laughs> so we just sort of run with that. Yeah. So it, it kind of depends. Uh, I think the takeaway is it depends on what your strength is. It depends on what you're already good at. So if you mm. if you prefer to write, write. You know, if you prefer to be on camera, be on camera. If you like to, if you prefer to talk, be on a podcast, do an audio podcast only. And you know, honestly, we could actually do an audio version of this, right, without our videos. So you can do that. It is possible, indeed. Um, but how do how do people decide where to start? I mean, there there is a intersection somewhere right of what right. i like to do and what i'm good at and where i can reach people i'll give you an example i'm you know testing things on tiktok now i don't i would have never thought i would have said that five years ago or whatever <laughs> um but i that. am right because you know maybe there's something there i need to know so how do people figure out where that intersection is i think i believe that you can't be all things to all people, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you really very much have to figure out who you are and what your story is and what the best avenue to portray that is. Um, we are on Instagram. I find personally that Facebook is better for us. Facebook is, I mean, I'm a little bit older, um, but Facebook is, is much better for us in terms of like getting that connection. Because for us, it's like, our story is that connection. We, we started super duper, super duper teeny, teeny, teeny. And it was only with that connection with our customer base that we were able to grow. Like every, everything that we have done, every growth plateau uh, level that we have reached has been because I have gone to the customers and said, Hey, we want to do this. A, what do you think? B, are you willing to help us get there? And then there was this, like a very direct conversation that was happening, like sometimes face to face, like people will come in and go, hey, you were talking about this thing. Can we can we talk about this? So that has always been part of our story is is that connection to folks. So if you know what. If you know what your relationship with your customer base is, whatever that is, if you know what that is, then you can use that to draw on and figure out the next steps, like because because people know that I'm an actor for us to do a web series about the store, which we did um, three years ago, we did an entire season 
of a web series comedy thing that was based on our store. Um, people were drawn to that. They're like, heck yeah, like I want to see that. And like, you know, and I was playing myself and I wrote it. Um, but because I was playing myself, so it, like, it, like a weird line was blurred. Mm-hmm. But people came in and they were connected to it. So like they knew they knew me, they knew my husband, they had seen us on this show. And then in that realization of, oh, wait, this is a real thing. They felt that much more connected to us. So no, obviously, like in real life, we don't have, um, you know, mob bosses as our um, business competition. But that doesn't mean that everything else wasn't somehow based in some kind of reality. Every business is different. You know, like I don't know if that would work for somebody who cleaned carpets. But it might, you know, if they're the kind of person that does, you know, have sort of like this very deep connection with their customer base, there's no reason why it wouldn't be able to work. So is your business, is it um, a local business or do you ship things or where's your customer base? Yeah, it's both. So we um, we do have storefronts in the Pittsburgh area. So we're out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Um, but we also do ship um, nationwide. Um, so, and we do have like a really good relationship with our customers, even the ones like, you know, in Arizona or ones in New York city. And it's, and it's really interesting because, because I do so much acting and I'll frequently be out of town. Like I did a show in Iowa two years ago and one of my customers, one of my regulars lived like three towns over and we ended up connecting. So like, it's, it's funny how that ends up happening. And like, you, you know, especially when you're shipping things and when people come into the shop and you see these names that pop up on your social media all the time, um, you start to, it's like, you know them, you know, when people don't order after a while, like you're like, oh, what happened to so-and-so? And like, I have, I have absolutely like Facebook messaged people and said, hey, you haven't ordered in a while. Are you okay? Yeah. Because they had ordered all the time. Um, but being able to have that connection with folks, especially when you're like, small like we are is is so important to people um does it make me tired yes does it make me run around in circles yes but i think in the long run that connection is the reason that we have been growing at the rate that we've been growing and when when somebody asks are you okay that's a very very much better way to to check in as opposed to saying hey we haven't heard from you in a while we're missing your money which is how some companies (laughs) kind of really send you emails um now, so the reason I ask about the national or whatever versus local is because sometimes local businesses, in my opinion, they seem to say, oh, we're doing fine. We get enough people. We see people, whatever. Right. But even, I mean, I live in a, interestingly, in, a, in, in Iowa, in a smaller area. I mean, smaller than, you know, a big uh, metropolitan area. But still, there's a half a million people, you know, in the six counties around here. So not every business can know every person, even though it's going well. So it can help local businesses as well to do this, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, it was something I had learned a couple of years ago in in some business training that I did because I have a theater degree, right? Like I I will frequently say, I don't know what I'm doing. I have a theater degree. I'm just winging it. Um, But, you know, I had done this... uh, business training. And one of the things that they had said was, well, first off, you can't be all things to all people. So, you know, start with that. But also people don't buy products. They buy from people. So like I could have the best product on the planet. If I'm a jerk, no one's going to want to buy it from me. Right. So there are other soapers out there and there are other soapers who are similar to us out there, but there aren't other soapers who are me. And so 
or our company or our, you know, uh, our company culture, you know, which is a really weird, loving, altruistic, weird thing. Um, so people who buy from us, buy from us for that reason. Yes, the soap is awesome. And yes, it does help folks, you know, in sometimes life-changing ways. But at the end of the day, they're buying from us, you know. And then we do have a comment, must be somebody on LinkedIn that you're connected to, Terry uh, Delodi. You build a great customer, you build great customer relationships. That's, I try really uh, hard, Terry. <laughs> Uh, Terry, Terry, uh, I belong to a small business peer-to-peer mentorship program, and he's our facilitator. And I, I think he spends half of his day going, "Oh God, what did Sammy do now?" So <laughs> I'll come in. I'm like, "No, no, it's gonna be great. It's gonna, be, it's fine. I'm gonna open two stores this year. It's fine. It's not crazy." Um, it, <laughs> but, it, but, but that's actually a really good example because you know, all these years I've been doing pretty much all of our marketing single-handedly, and. About a year and a half ago, uh, I had what I referred to as a coming to Jesus talk with myself and my husband is like, okay, we've been in business 10 years and I'm not paying myself and this is stupid. So we decided to spend a year and just throw everything we could at it. And that just sort of like mind shift, you know, mindset shift opened everything. And I will tell you, I will tell you a surefire way to succeed is make people think that you already are. Because we just threw it out there. We're like, okay, universe, this is what we're going to do. We're going to throw everything into it. And next thing I know, um, a developer in a neighborhood that I had been actively trying to get into for almost a decade was like, hey, do you want to open a store here? And I'm like, yes, I do. And then that one happened. And then another one happened. The next thing I know, like, it's just, it's just blowing up. And all it was was this shift of going, nope, we're not going to let this tank. Hey, people, we want to not let this thing tank will you come along for this ride with us? And they did. Uh, we did a, uh, a crowdfunded loan raise of $100,000. And we, like, we've never done a traditional loan like through a bank or whatever. We've always self-financed, bootstrapped it. But we went to our people and we're like, we want to do this thing. Are you with us? And they were like, yes, please. And they're all over it. And I think all of that has come from the fact that I've a, been really, really honest with them when I've screwed up. I have gone to them and like, I have had videos where I've been like, this sucks. I'm upset. I don't know how to fix this. And they've come to me and they've given me ideas and they've given me pep talks and they've given me ideas and they've had our back. And I don't even know, I don't even know how I could possibly repay them other than to spend the rest of my life and the life of this business being as authentic with them as I possibly can. So, um, now, I feel like so, you've gone off the rails a little bit. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say, let's bring it back a little bit here to, to, to business storytelling. But yeah. um, so I heard you say, well, you got to do it. And here are the different reasons. Agreed, agreed, agreed. But I also heard you say it's a lot of work. Yeah. So how do people, and I agree, everybody that says content creation doesn't take time. I think they're full of it. And it, it certainly does take time. But how, and, and there are also ways to maximize your output, right? I mean, think mm -hmm. about the live stream we're doing here. We're doing mm -hmm. a live stream, goes everywhere. We take the video, we ship it to the TV station. We take the audio, ship it to the podcast stations. It's already embedded in an article, you know, boom, pretty quick. Now, not everything is that quick. So, and even that's not that quick, but it's quicker than it used to be. 
how do we draw that line? Because some people will not have the time or they can't make the time or it's going to drive them crazy. How do we, how do we fit that all in? Well, you try, like, like you're saying, like try to make the same content do as much work for you as possible. Right. So as you're doing product photos, as you're doing a photo of this thing, throw in a photo that's a little bit more stylized that you can then use in your Instagram feed. Um, as you're, you know, maybe doing like a, like a Facebook live, make sure you download that. So that if there's any little nuggets that you can then use later, either for an ad or for, you know, like another video or for, you know, like uh, just some kind of like little insert that you could put somewhere so that you have that content. Uh, don't waste any opportunities for content. It might not be as exciting to you. You may think no one really cares, but you can use that later. Every photo, every video, every time you rearrange anything at the store, take a photo of it. You might be able to use that later. Even if you don't need it today, you might be able to use it three months from now. So I think that if we do that, if you spend every day going, okay, well, that's an interesting little tidbit. I don't need it today, but I'm going to hold on to it because I might be able to use it later. That will save you that time then later when you do need it and you may not be you know, as, as loose with your time, you may be a little bit more crunch for time, but you can just grab that content that you already spent the time creating and throw it in there. Uh, I think that's huge. Save everything. Yeah, and, <laughs> Save everything. Well, I, I, think the, I think the other thing too is every time, especially if in a, in, in a physical environment, like a store, you mm -hmm. know, there's always something to take a picture off or anything that's physical. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. You know, my family, the, the kids are involved in softball and, Every time they do camp, the people that run the camp, they take pictures. And you know what? They take like two pictures. They could have taken hundreds of pictures. They could have taken videos. They could have taken slow-mo. Mm -hmm. I mean, the opportunity, anything physical, mm -hmm. there's there's also some opportunity for people like me who never leave the same chair, you know, ever. But uh, But if you have something physical, there's always an opportunity. And you can also just publish stuff right then. I mean, if you yeah. have something new... You know, you, you move around the soap display or, or whatever, take a picture, post it, you know, share some details about a specific soap. Now, why soap? Why a soap business? What's the story behind that? My, okay, so because I have a theater degree and I used to be a reporter, um, I had belonged to one of those online writers forums uh, back when that was kind of a thing. And one of my friends in the forum had written a an ebook on making soap in your kitchen. And I was like, hey, that sounds like a good cast gift. And that's kind of what I did. So I bought her gift to be supportive of her. Uh, go, Amy. And then um, I would start making them as cast gifts. Fast forward a couple of years, my youngest son has every skin issue known to man. And I had a way to sort of fix them, you know. And so I took these things that I had been giving and and was starting to get harassed by friends to start selling them because I was they were like, oh, that one you made for nonsense. Can you make that one again? Okay. But I was giving them away. And then I hear I have a problem that needs to be solved. And I'm sent sensitive. So I'm like, okay, so I want it to be something that I can handle that will help my son's problems and that will keep all my friends happy. And that's kind of how it started. <laughs> it's just kind of like it's gone downhill from there. But yeah, so that's how I ended up um, with the theater in. Uh, journalism degree making soap for a living there are worse ways to start a business you know what I mean like you see a niche that needs to be filled and you like and you do the thing uh, I love it. it we get the best 
uh, feedback letters from folks. Like they always seem to know when I'm having a bad mm -hmm. day and they will shoot me a beautiful note that keeps me going and I will keep doing it as long as people keep needing it. Well, as long as people will keep needing it, well, hopefully that's never going to stop that people yeah. need so but who, you know who knows anymore? We're in a in a crazy world today. So the, <laughs> the, the, the right the so the way yeah. to get started really is first of all you got to make up your mind, right? Second of all, yep. you got to have a good phone. And I actually I just wrote about this the other day. Um, I just got an iPhone 13, not the Pro, but the iPhone regular iPhone Ooh. 13, and it has cinematic mode, right? Dolby Vision. I mean, unbelievable the quality. I right, can do 4K. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, but you can, but you can, you can shoot a commercial on that. Like I, with that, with with this, with this phone, I shot a commercial that was able to be screened at a movie theater. Yeah. And it worked. Nobody could tell. Nobody could tell. As long as your sound's good, and that's the important part. You like, they always say in film, if you want your um, movie to look good, make it sound good. Same thing for any content that you create. If you want it to look good. So how do you make good. it sound good? Do you need to get a, a wireless lavalier? I have, or yeah, I have I have a good lapel mic. Um, but you yeah. can get like you can get them for like twenty dollars. Like as long as you have something here and you're not trying to yell across a room, I think you're still fine. Um, you know, and and there's all kinds of great free audio editing apps that are out there, yeah. you know. Um uh I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So, you know, there's there's a lot of great stuff out there that you can use that doesn't cost you anything and you can learn it super duper easy. Um, there's some wonderful graphics programs that are out there that are free that you can use and, and you know, format them however you need them to be. It's, it's, it's not impossible. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the things we can't do, we forget about all the things <clears> that we can. So like figure out what your skills are, figure out what you are good at and then go, okay, I'm going to use this as my jumping off point and then run from there. Yeah. Well, I, I also wonder how much of it sometimes is um, we've been taught that we have to hire certain things out, right? If you're going to make a movie or a, a TV commercial, I shouldn't be able to do that on my phone. Now, now I got video producer friends and, and no offense to anybody. There certainly is a difference um, when you have um, professionals do certain things, but mm -hmm. when you just get started, um, you know, there are ways you can try that. There's some um, great video editing app, like programs that yeah. are really user intuitive. I've gotten really good at editing over the years. Um, it's absolutely doable. I mean, but, you know, I agree. Like it, it could cost you thousands of dollars to edit a commercial, but if you can figure it out, A, then you have that yeah. skill. You don't have to necessarily farm it out. It's fun. Um, and then you, you can get it done. You can get it done for cheap. Like I've edited every single commercial that we've ever had minus one. Yeah. And we've done like fantastic. <laughs> Samantha story camp, the goddess of soap brand storyteller. Thanks for joining us today. Really Thank appreciate you so you much for time. having me here. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.